podcast called uh, Dub Jellyson Podcast. First ever type 1 diabetic in UFC history. Uh, doing fine, Dub. Nice to be with you. Get out! <laughs> He's like, yeah. My tunnel vision and my periphery, I'm like all field. Hey, you know how it is, Dub. Hey, when you're, hey, when you're team. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's crazy. What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of Dub Jellyson Podcast. I have a very special guest, Mr. Kyle Marshall. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well, Dub. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know you got a recruiting trip um, coming up here, so I'm glad I got you uh, <laughs> before you left for that. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I mean, what has it been like since you – I mean, it's not technically a promotion, I guess, but, like, you did get the kind of a step up in the in the coaching ranks. What has that been like for you? Uh, I mean, it's it's been amazing so far. Um, honestly, you know, it's um, – you know, in this, in this profession, you know, you definitely – it starts out where, you know, you have to pay your dues. You start from, from a certain level, you know, certain end of the totem pole. And, you know, usually working your way up to get to positions like these. And honestly, it's, I mean, it's been amazing. You know, you just look back at the sacrifices that you had to make, you know, just to get your foot in the door and, you know, to, to see where you are now, you know, it makes, it makes everything worthwhile. It makes everything that you've done to this point, you know, that much more special. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like when you first got into the coaching profession, I guess um, you started at a really low level and now you've kind of worked your way up and your journey's far from over. If I'm being honest, I mean, you're still young as far as coaches go. Um, I'm, I know you some people your age might not feel that way, but uh, I mean, talk a little bit about that path um, to South Dakota State where you're at right now. Absolutely. Um, so my first job was actually a volunteer position at a junior college down in Fort Myers. Um, it's kind of funny. My wife actually was actually a huge reason why I got my first job. So uh, my first boss down there, she was a nanny for that family and she got to know them very well. She's known the, um, my first boss's wife since she was in college. So she's had a great relationship um, with that family for a long time. So um, when I quit playing, uh, you know, I decided to, you know, I wanted to get into coaching and my wife told me, she's like, Hey, why don't you just, why don't you just work, work for Marty, uh, Marty Richter, who's now the assistant coach at Drake. He's like, why don't you just work for Marty, you know, gain some experience, you know, just, just learn, you know, how everything's done. And, um, so I was fortunate enough to hop on as a volunteer and, Honestly, I've learned I learned so much in that first year when it comes to the film breakdown, scouting, um, player relations, all that, you know, really, really, really helped me, you know, build my momentum. Um, you know, like you mentioned in the beginning, of, when you say started at the bottom, I mean, I, I started this, uh, this profession not getting paid at all. You know, I worked for free, but, you know, it, it, it was worth it. You know, you know, it's definitely it was definitely a great learning experience and, you know, I was very fortunate to be part of, you know, a really, really good team. You know, we made our first uh, junior college uh, national championship that year. So which was really special. And, you know, even, you know, even through learning, um, you know, I got to meet a lot of a lot of current coaches. Um, you know, it helped me build my network, um, build relationships with, with several coaches right now. And um, that's one thing, you know, I've learned is, you know, you know, being a personal guy, um, building your network, uh, it, it, it will help a lot um, in this business. So 
Um, after that, I was fortunate enough to uh, move up the road to Florida Gulf Coast, also known as uh, Dunk City, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was fortunate enough to move just 20 minutes up the road uh, to Florida Gulf Coast, my first uh, Division One job as a video coordinator um, under Michael Fly. Um, him and I actually developed a great relationship um, during that first year at Florida Southwestern. Um, so I was fortunate enough. You know, them being up the road, you know, I was able to, you know, hop in on practices, you know, just just watch those guys and and talk to develop a great relationship with Coach Fly. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to uh, give me my first job. Um, after that, um, I was at the University of Dayton um, as a grad assistant. Um, Coach Fly also helped me with that. And, um, um, you know, I was very fortunate to be part of that that organization for that year. Um, we had a really, really good year that year. Um, one of our best years in school history. So that was definitely a lot of fun. And then my next stop was at UIC. Um, you know, one of my old Butler buddies got the job as an assistant there. And um, he actually was a huge help in getting me that job. Um, so it's kind of crazy. You know, I've been at multiple places for only one year, um, but each, each one has definitely been, been a step up. You know, I've been fortunate to know a lot, really, really a lot, a lot of really great people um, helped me along this way. And, you know, that same guy who helped me get the job at USC. Um, he was also a huge help in the getting me here to South Dakota state. So, you know, I'm very fortunate for, you know, everyone that's helped me, you know, through this journey to where I am today. Um, and honestly, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be at where I am without them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you're a Florida guy uh, growing up and, and then obviously you went and played overseas for a few years, came back, had two jobs there, and now you've kind of been doing a diagonal line to the United yeah. States. What is that like? You know, it's kind of funny. So, um, you know, my wife and I, we just welcomed our first daughter um, a month ago. And, you know, my mom is always giving me, you know, giving me stuff like telling me, hey, you're just moving further and further west away from me. She thinks I'm, I'm running away from her. But I'm like, mom, I'm sorry. It's not the case. You know, I'm, you know, I'm just following the opportunity. But, you know, it's kind of crazy that, you know, looking back to where I am now, I'm, I'm going further west and further north um, each time. And, you know, my wife and I joke, you're like, watch my next job be like Canada or Alaska or something like that. Just just the way that it's trending. But um yeah, uh, you know, we definitely have to go with the opportunities going, but, you know, my stops along the way has definitely prepared me for, you know, when I'm about to embark in uh, come December and, and January. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Hey, those, I mean, you went to Butler, though. So, I mean, you know, those the Indiana winners ain't no joke. I don't I can't speak for them. <laughs> oh, it is not. And Chicago's is, is I mean, is, is twice that, you know, especially yeah. with that, that lake, that lake win, you know, it, it gets to you. Um, it gets really, really cold down there. So I think I've been pretty well prepared for <laughs> what I'm about to see. Yeah. Well, first of all, before we get too far away from it, congratulations to you and your wife on your, your new baby. Um, Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's the most amazing feeling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been, it's been absolutely, you know, an incredible feeling. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of friends of mine and even, you know, families always tell me, you know, there's, there's love and then there's your child's love. And, you know, of course I'm going to be reluctant to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I get, it. I get it. But as soon as, as soon as she came into this world, I'm like, I feel like I'm like joined to her at the hip, you know, I can't stop holding her. I can't stop looking at her. I can't, sm can't stop smiling down at her. I mean, it's, it's, it's real, you know, the love of a child is, is definitely real. 
how tough is that going to be for you? Do you think, I mean, during the year when you guys have to go on a road trip or, or things like that and you have to be away from it for a while? Yeah. Um, you know, my wife kind of jokes with me. She tells me, she's like, you, you FaceTime me a lot more now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so last week uh, was my first, first uh, night away from them. And, uh, you know, I'm constantly texting. She's sending me pictures and everything. And I'm like, oh man, this is, this is just this is just a little snippet of what what it's about to be but you know you know I've been you know fortunate that you know we can FaceTime and everything like that but it's definitely it's definitely a weird feeling knowing you know I'm going to be away for from you know certain amount of days and uh we'll see once the trips get a little bit longer the last one was only overnight so we'll see when when like it's two to three day trips and I'm without her so yeah I've I mean, I can only assume that'd be, that'd be pretty tough for you. Um, I mean, going back to your playing days, when you were kind of close to being done um, and hanging up or hanging it up, I mean, did you know that coaching would be in your future? Um, honestly, I did, um, you know, and I knew dating back to college, um, you know, one of my favorite things um, back when I was playing was scouting opponents. You know, I, I was always excited to get to go and film, you know, to see, you know, to watch film on, on other teams, scouting other opponents, you know, player tendencies, plays. Um, you know, one of my favorite things was whenever we were playing and, and a play was called, you know, I was I was the guy that always wanted to call out what was coming next, you know, because, you know, that stuff really, really, really. I took a lot of interest in that and I knew this was something, you know, I really wanted to do and even even playing now, um, even coaching now, um, I feel the same way. You know, if a if a play is getting called, you know, I'm I'm standing up, calling out what's what's coming. You know, and um, not saying I'm right 100 percent of the time, <laughs> but you know, sometimes sometimes I can be wrong. But you know, that part I love. You know, I love the opponent, the opponent scouting, and honestly. I didn't, I knew this is what I wanted to do, but then when I was getting closer to, to retiring from playing, um, I spent summers, you know, helping out uh, who was going to be my future, my future boss down in Florida Southwestern. I, I spent summers, you know, helping him out at the same time training. And I caught myself, you know, helping out a lot of those guys. And, you know, I really built a lot, built really great relationships with a lot of those players, you know, being a trainer, well, training myself and also helping them out. And, you know, just to see, how grateful they were, you know, it made everything so much more fulfilling. And I was like, you know, now it's like, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to help, you know, the younger generation. I want to help them get to where they want to be. You know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, be one game, one win away from winning the highest honor in college basketball. And, you know, fortunate enough to, to play, you know, the game that I love for four years professionally. And, you know, I, I want, our guys, the guys that I coach to, to get better than that, you know, get better than what I've experienced. Um, so, you know, just, just seeing the, seeing that in players, you know, it just makes it that much more fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, that the player coach relationship, um, obviously I've had a lot of basketball guys on, I mean, that one is, I mean, it's really, it's a really interesting dynamic um, just to kind of hear players talking about their coaches and then, players who've transitioned into coaching talk about their players. I mean, it's, I don't, it's hard to, it's hard to um, like put into words, but I mean, the, 
I feel like guys like you and, and other coaches, I mean, you guys just have such an appreciation for wanting younger guys or gals uh, to just be better. Absolutely. Um, you know, as a player, you, you hear some of our coaches, you know, when they would get on you or give you some criticism, you know, as a player, you like kind of not really get annoyed per se, but it's like, ah, oh, man, why is this guy always, uh, you know, on my tail? Um, but once I made that transition to the sidelines, I have so much more appreciation for what, you know, my coaches have done for me um, as a player. You know, I, I really start to, I started to understand like why they were the way they were. And, and honestly, you really understand, you know, what we do is not, we just, we don't speak just to speak, you know, everything we, we tell our guys, you know, it's, it's in the best interest for them. You know, it's, it's, we want, we want them to, to do better. You know, we want them to play better. Um, you know, obviously it looks good when we win, but you know, everything we say is in their best interest, not just ours. So, you know, as soon as I got, got into coaching, you know, I really, really started to understand that. And obviously you played under one of the, I mean, an absolute mastermind of a coach in Brad Stevens, your first three years at Butler. How has he kind of influenced you and, and helped you in coaching? I mean, he's, he's been absolutely incredible um, to have as, you know, as a mentor, as, you know, someone I can, I can pick up the phone and, and talk to, you know, he, he has been absolutely um, amazing, especially in my journey of getting into coaching, you know, it's given me a whole lot of great advice um, in regards to, you know, culture. Um, you know, one of his best things he's, he's, he's told me was um, hold your guys to a standard and never compromise to that standard. Um, and, you know, I really, really taken that to heart, you know, um, no one's bigger than the program. Um, no matter how talented, you know, no matter who you are, no one's ever bigger than the program. It's, it's always a, a team mentality. And, you know, if it's in the, if it's between a player and a program, he's picking the program with, without any hesitation. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that was, you know, some really, really great advice um, that he's given me uh, leading up to this. And, you know, I'll, I'll always be, be grateful for, you know, for him and you know to this day we still talk um quite a bit i mean you look at some of the guys i was talking to a friend um shout out to Derek brown by the way uh he's yeah. a big, shout out to Derek brown by the way he's a big butler guy so i was talking to him okay. before he came on um asked if he had any questions or whatever and we we're talking about i mean how many guys at at butler from that stevens era are getting into coaching now i mean it's like you cam woods alex barlow ronald norad I mean that that little like I don't I would I don't want to call it a coaching tree, but I mean that kind of group of guys, and I'm sure more will will add on after their playing days. I mean, absolutely. I mean, um, the Butler coaching tree is definitely huge. I mean, at all levels. Um, you name those guys. I mean, um, Roosevelt Jones is coaching at University of Minneapolis. Um, Willie Beasley, um, coaching at UIC. He's actually the one that helped me get this job and helped me. Uh, coach at get the um, position at UIC so him and I actually worked together and then I mean there's guys doing really well at the at the high school level like like Zach Hahn over at Center Grove um, you know 
Yeah, I mean, you you said it right. I mean, the tree the tree's huge. I mean, and then um, also, you know, Mike Green, who's at Penn State, you know, just finished a, a really stellar career over overseas, um, is now getting into the coaching ranks, and you know, he's he's uh joined that tree. You know, it, it it's a it's huge. I mean, it's you know, I, I tend to call it a, a fraternity kind of. You know, there's there's a lot of us, and you know, it's it's great because you know a lot of us talk, still talk and. And communicate and it's great to have you know a tree like that yeah I mean I've had on um, obviously I'm a Purdue guy so I've had on a lot of guys uh, from Purdue that end up getting into coaching like Ryan Smith and DJ Bird off the top of my head but mm. I mean they get that it's the same I kind of get that same vibe from Coach Stevens as I do from Matt Painter and they kind of get that touch and like you're associated with with Brad Stevens who's highly regarded in in all of basketball I mean, that carries some weight to it. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, you know, as much as he is, you know, great at being on the sidelines, you know, I think, you know, a lot of it as well as it's how great he is as an individual. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a genuine down to earth guy. You know, he's, um, he was well loved in the community, uh, in the Bullock community. Um, you know, I think those two, two things go hand in hand. Um, I, I honestly haven't had, you know, the luxury of meeting, you know, Coach Painter, but, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people say the same, same about him, you know, they're, you know, just, just great, great coaches, but also great people. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only in the Butler community, I'm sure he was, he's a massive star there. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. You're, if you're a fan of basketball in Indiana, you can't not like Brad Stevens. Yeah, Stevens, Indiana kid growing up. I mean, gets an opportunity, and now, now look at him. He's with the Celtics. At the it's like the VP of basketball ops, I think. Yep, yep. So I mean, I mean that's that's the dream for an Indiana kid. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean, do you have any? I mean, you talked about kind of the individual he was. He doesn't really show a whole lot of emotion in terms of like being brash or anything like that out in the media, obviously, or, or, um, or on the sidelines that the, that the fans can see. Do you have any good stories about, about Coach Stevens? Um, he, you know, everything you see in the media is basically how he is behind the scenes. You know, he's very, very, um, you know, low key down there. It doesn't show a lot of emotions, you know. Um, one thing I know gets him tick is lack of effort and lack of hustle. If there's a loose ball and you're not diving on the floor, that that's probably the one time I've ever seen him lose his mind. Um, you know, it's my freshman year, we had a, I mean, we practiced at 6.15 every morning. Um, I don't know why we weren't having such a great day, but there were several occasions where there were loose balls um, and no one was diving on the floor. So stopped the drill one time, yelled at us to get on the floor. Sec, I think it was like a second time. And of course it gets a little bit louder. Third time the ball's rolling. I mean, he absolutely just goes berserk. You know, he's like, get on the line. Like everybody's on the line. Um, and we just, we run down and back, down and back. And then it's like, all right, let's move on. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's definitely one of those guys that, you know, he'll, He's a he's a next play kind of guy, you know. 
Um, obviously that, that really made him tick and it got him really, really upset, but then it was like, all right, let's get back to work, <laughs> back to business. Like let's, let's get back into this. Um, but my favorite, favorite, favorite story of Brad Stevens, Cameron Woods probably going to hate me for saying this story. Um, it was his freshman year, my sophomore year, and we're playing against a non D one team. It was a, a division two team. And um, it's getting towards the end of the game and we have a pretty commanding lead. Um, but this one kid on that team was playing very, very well. Uh, I think he finished with 29 points against us or something like that. I mean, he was absolutely murdering us. And Cam was guarding him for most of the game. So I think it was like the under four minute media. And Brad sits with us, um, doesn't say anything, gets his, his drawing board. And he draws a Christmas tree. That's all he draws. He draws a Christmas tree. And he looks at Cam and he goes, you know what this is? Cam obviously didn't say anything. He goes, that is a Christmas tree because you're getting lit up. And that was all he had to say. <laughs> uh, media was over and we went right back to playing. Um, that was probably my outside favorite uh, Brad story. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny um i mean what what was the feeling like around the program when when he ultimately decided to leave and and go to the nba because it was a huge deal in the in the media for us it was it was definitely a sad time um very very sad you know i honestly i didn't think i was gonna cry but the waterworks just came out of nowhere <laughs> um you know when we first heard the news it was um obviously we're excited for him and then it got the sinking in it, it sunk in like whoa he's actually actually leaving us um you know he came in uh we were just I mean I remember like it was yesterday um we had just we were having a our our little kids camp and uh I don't remember who texted us but we got a group text and said team meeting after camp so obviously it, this happened like it was like in the afternoon so it was like we're we're like joking with each other like uh-oh what like what did such and such do or what'd you do like who 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 messed up so we, we go into the meeting and um so we're still joking with each other he we get into the meeting we we he comes in he, he he's very very upset um you know it's definitely hard for him to let out the news and we're like okay what's going on then it got like extremely silent and the news came and he told us he was no longer going to be our coach um and he's he's accepted head position at the Boston Celtics and it was kind of silent uh for quite a while um and then his his wife came in and you know everything's emotions just really started to kick in um right after that um you know it was, it was definitely a sad time you know as exciting as you are for his opportunity deal it was definitely a sad really sad time in that locker room mm -hmm. i mean i mean like you said it's it's great for him and everyone who, who played for him who's a butler fan is happy for him that he got that opportunity but i mean i felt like i was like he's never gonna leave butler yeah like the only place i thought he would leave for is duke yeah but yep. so that's not that probably won't happen. 
Yeah, when when a historical, you know, historical NBA franchise offers you a job, it's kind of hard to say no. So you definitely understand um, his, you know, his reasons for going. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, a lot, a lot of I, a lot of IU fans were thinking that he was going to go down there. Uh, I thought he was too, honestly. <laughs> to be quite honest, I thought he was going to go. Um, uh, I'm not sure if they like it was like an actual offer, but. I was almost positive that he was going to take that IU job. Now, you don't have to get as specifics. And if you don't want to answer this question, you don't have to. But had you talked to him about it or heard through the grapevine that he'd been considering it? I did not. Um, we, we actually ne- we never spoke about it um, in particular. Um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he, a lot of people were reaching out to him, talking to him about it. But um, we were just talking just, – yeah, I heard it through the grapevine for the most part, um, you know, and it's kind of like putting two and two together, you know, Indiana guy probably grew up a Hoosiers fan, which I mean, it's, it's, it's normal being from Indiana. So it's like Brad Stevens, Indiana guy, head coach in Indiana, that might happen, you know? So, you know, it was mainly putting two and two together. I was praying that he did not. <laughs> I would have been so. I would have been. Oh my god! And then yeah. we're just gonna get killed. I mean, I have I have faith in Matt Painter, but like, I don't want to go against Brad Steele <laughs> at all, especially twice a year. Yeah, it's it, it's tough to go against that guy. I, I, I well, looking at other opponents, I can see why it's pretty tough. Because I mean, we we prepared very well for opponents, mm. and you know, we made it very very difficult for opponents to score. So I can see why other teams will have their frustrations, you know, playing against us. Mm, no doubt. And I want to transition to, I know we talked about coaching a lot. I want to transition to your playing career at Butler. Uh, obviously you came into a team that's fresh off going to the natty. Uh, what was it like to, to come into that program with such like high expectations and, and all the buzz surrounding it? Um, well, for starters, you know, you know, I'm going, I'm going back to to my high school days. So when I committed to Butler, you know, a lot of my friends are like, "Why are you going to Butler? Like, can't you go go higher than that?" I'm like, "Hey, you know, I feel like this is home. This is the right fit." And you know, they they've always been a you know national powerhouse for for a long time. Um, you know, I've known about them for uh, back back when AJ Graves was playing. You know, I know there was a top twenty, top fifteen, top twenty five program for for a long time. And when they started recruiting me, you know, I actually thought it was pretty exciting. And obviously when I did my official visit, you know, this place just felt like it, it felt like, felt like home. So um, I was very excited to, to join that program, but you know, a lot of my friends from down there don't really know about them. So they're just like, who, who's Butler <laughs> fast forward to the tournament that year we're winning. They're like, okay, you guys win, you guys winning. And then they're like, Oh, Okay, they're, they made it to the next round. Oh, okay, now now we get to the final four, and all my buddies are like, oh snap, you're going to Butler, like, congratulations, or whatever. I'm like, yeah, don't don't congratulate me now. Like I know what this team, I know this team. I do my homework. I know what they're capable of. Um, um, so when they made that first national title run, you know, obviously I was excited, but then in the back of my mind, I'm like geez, why can't I have been born a year earlier? (laughs) I want to be a part of that, all that excitement, you know? Um, So to get, to get into that program, you know, obviously they're one basket away from, 
from winning the whole thing. So, you know, our guys, you know, starting from open gym, when I stepped in the stepped on the campus in July, you know, these guys are, they're hungry. They're, they want to compete. You know, they, they want to get back. Um, so, you know, we had great upperclassmen that, you know, very vocal, um, you know, with Neron Norwood. And then we had, you know, just a great, just physical leader, um, and Matt Howard, um, you know, those, those guys, you know, definitely were, uh, great people to, to follow. But, um, I mean, that's our season didn't start, you know, the way we wanted, you know, from, from uh, off season, even halfway through conference, you know, we, we ended up, we finished, we finished second in the horizon league. I mean, we shared the regular season title. Um, but when it came to head to head against Milwaukee, you know, they were the overall number one seed. So we, we weren't even technically the best team in the horizon league that year, you know? Um, but, you know, you, you can always tell that there was um, a chip on our shoulder, you know, every game. And, you know, I remember after our loss against Youngstown State, we had a we had a road trip um, pairing at Youngstown and then to Cleveland State. And after that Youngstown game, you know, Ron, of course, our vocal leader, called a meeting and we uh, and, you know, we left that hotel room different somehow, you know, it just started to click, um, you know, guys were playing for each other, playing harder, competing, getting after it, but also picking each other up, you know, just that level of camaraderie, camaraderie you can tell um, really started to sink in um, after that night. And, you know, we got hot at the right time. Um, you know, we got really, we got really, really hot at the right time. And um, I can only say, you know, when when we beat Milwaukee at Milwaukee, who by the way swept us um, during the, the regular season, when we beat Milwaukee, we I mean we, we we beat them pretty good. So I knew like after we won that, it's like this team can actually do something. You know, we can actually make another run at this. And you know, fast forward, we're we're down in Houston, you know, <laughs> playing for another national title. So you know, that was really exciting. Yeah, I mean, you guys came in. I mean, Butler was kind of like the Cinderella from a casual fans perspective, I guess, uh, those, those two years, even though you guys were obviously dominant. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys came in as what the eight, nine. Yeah. We were the eighth seed that year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, that final four was kind of weird too. Cause it was like you guys, VCU, UConn, who I think was a fairly high seed, weren't they? They finished. Or were they four seed? Five. But their, I mean, their journey was incredible too. You know, they didn't have a great year and they had to play five games in five days in the Big East tournament, I think, to even get in. So if they don't win the Big East title, they, I don't think they made it, they make it to the national, uh, to the NCAA tournament. So you had three out of four teams that technically are not, weren't supposed to be there um, for the most part. So, I mean, I think that year was, you know, was so incredible because it was like, it, it was literally like the year of the underdogs, you know, it was, it was definitely, a, you know, a rise of, you know, rise of, you know, a tale of the underdog story. So I thought, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, what is it like to play on that? I mean, obviously if you're a college basketball fan, you know that, the final four core, how it's raised up. You're in these big stadiums. I mean, what is that? What does that feel like when you're running out and when you're when you're getting into it? Because I know, like, 
during the game, you probably get used to it. Yep. So when you first check in, it settles it. You, it, like I was, I was a nervous wreck. I'm not gonna lie. To you. I was so nervous checking in and just looking, like just looking around. Like it was like seventy two thousand people in that in that arena. You know that, like <laughs> I was nervous to check in. But you know, it's, the funny thing about it is, once you're on the court, because the place is so big, it didn't seem loud at all. You know, it felt like we were the only ones there. Honestly, um, it felt like just like a regular like a scrimmage you know there was it couldn't really hear the crowds really not that much um um so you know once it got up and down a little bit the nerves really really got to settle um i will tell you though it is hard to shoot a free throw in a gym that big i'm already a terrible free throw shooter as it is but the depth perception with that basket and then the 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 arena just branching out behind it. I mean, that that was – I was scared to airball because I think my first field goal – I made my first field goal and then my second field goal I got an and one and we were going into media. So I had to come back out from me timeout to shoot the free throw. I'm like, there's no way I'm making this. Just don't just – don't, just at least hit the rim. <laughs> so, I mean, that that backboard just looked incredibly small when I got to that line. Yeah, there's a – I mean, especially this year with the NCAA tournament, there's a lot of teams that were really good shooting teams, and they were ice cold. And I think a lot of it was that depth perception playing in Lucas Oil Stadium. Absolutely. Uh, most definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, we were one of them, honestly, down in Houston. You know, we, we had a good shooting year, but uh, that last game, you know, was, I think it was our worst shooting percentage of the season. Um, but, you know, it was uh, – you know, definitely unfortunate uh, to get cold at, at that time. But, I mean, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world, though. I mean, not a lot of people can say that they were one game away from winning it all. You know, so, um, yeah, it was – I I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, that's the – that's the dream if you're a – if you're a basketball player, honestly, is to go to the NCAA tournament. And to yep. make it that far is – beyond my wildest dream <laughs> um i mean what were those next three years like um compared to your first year obviously didn't have the level of success um as your first year yeah um you know it's definitely definitely rough um that second year um you know coming off that 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 run and you know we had our our peaks and valleys again that that second year and you know weren't we were weren't fortunate enough to get to the SNA tournament that year. Um, ended up playing the CBI, and we we got knocked out in the semifinals that year. Um, you know, obviously it was it was uh, pretty dis- disappointing. You know, we're you know obviously not the result we wanted, um, but you know that's you know looking. I mean, that looking back, that's you know sometimes it's just like. That's just how, how it ends up, you know, honestly, you know, we had great guys, you know, we still um, enjoyed playing together, but, you know, we, it was definitely an unfortunate year. Um, can't really, looking back, can't really tell you what was wrong, but, you know, it was definitely, definitely a, a little bit of a disappointment. And then uh, my third year um, was another year of great, of anticipation, you know, we had, we had a young team that, that first 
my sophomore year and, you know, everybody's coming back for the most part. And then we added, you know, prolific shooter and Rodney Clark and, um, you know, really highly recruited uh, freshman and Kellen Dunham uh, coming in. So there's definitely a lot of anticipation coming in that year as well. Um, you know, that was, a you know, we had a great year that year. Um, you know, we were one game short of winning the Maui Invitational, um, you know, had, you know, previous before two seasons ago when Butler got ranked fourth, um, we we had the highest ranked uh, highest ranking in school history, which was really exciting. Came off that win against Gonzaga at the buzzer, um, so a lot a lot of um, a lot of highs um, in that year. And um, you know, we made our transition to the A10, and you know, the A10 tournament didn't finish the way we wanted, but we were fortunate enough to get into the tournament. Um, you know, that's evidently that's like you said, that's always the goal is to get into the tournament and. Um, Finished that a little, finished, fell short, um, fell short uh, in the round of 32. But, you know, that was another great year. And um, last year, my senior year, um, made another big jump into the Big East. You know, it's, you know, it's it's a different caliber of, of players. Um, you know, really, really talented guys. Not saying, not uh, saying anything about the A-10 or the Horizon League. You know, two really, really, really uh, good leagues, competitive leagues. Um now we're we're in the Big East, and you know, we we have the big we go into the Big East with six freshmen, you know, and only two seniors. You know, it's a very very young young team. Um, and then Roosevelt Jones, who is our uh, leading scorer, uh, the our leading returner, um, goes down with a wrist injury. So you know, a lot of a lot of obstacles that we had to obtain. Um, and being in a new league and first year without Brad and, you know, a lot, a lot of things that were, um, that were going on um, that, you know, couldn't necessarily control, you know, we couldn't control being young. Uh, we couldn't control, you know, Rose being down, couldn't control Brad being gone, but, you know, our guys, you know, we competed, you know, a lot of those games were one possession losses, um, two possession losses, you know, we, we were right there. So, you know, our guys really, really, really played their tail off um, that whole year. Uh, you know, you know, obviously the wins and losses column obviously wasn't, wasn't great, but, you know, I was, I was proud of the way we handled our, our first year um, in that conference. I mean, that, that junior year, I was looking back, you guys be IU, UNC and Gonzaga. I mean, yeah. huge wins. So yep. just the IU one. Um, yeah, I think exactly one too, really, <laughs> just because of that that whole thing. I mean, I mean that junior year had to be special. It it was amazing. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, you know, three top ten wins. You know, that's not a lot of people can say that. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty pretty sweet, especially you know a school like us. Um, you know, that was an incredible experience, and you know, honestly, that's how we felt all year. You know, we felt like we can beat anybody. Um, you know, we. We handed it to North Carolina pretty well um, in the Maui Invitational. Um, you know, played IU down to the wire and, you know, came out there with a win, um, which was, you know, absolutely incredible. You know, they had, uh, you know, two lot two top five picks on that team. Um, and, you know, also some really good players um, like Yogi Farrell, uh, Jordan Holmes was still playing, Will Sheehy, you know, they had a really, really, really good team. Uh, Tristan Wofford, you know, uh, Christian Wofford, um, you know, a lot of those guys, um, you know, really big win. And then 
obviously college game day against Gonzaga. I mean, that was, that was absolutely incredible as well. Um, I don't think I've, as a player, I don't think I've ever seen Hinkle, heard Hinkle so loud. Um, so yeah, those were really special moments and, you know, uh, that was definitely a special year. I mean, most definitely. Uh, I know we're kind of cutting short on time, but this is a few more for you. I mean, do you have a, do you have a favorite game out of, out of any of those or, I mean, maybe your freshman year, sophomore year, it doesn't, doesn't matter the year, but. Um, favorite game in my career. It would have to be a tie between the Elite Eight against Florida and my career high night in Orlando um, against Washington State. Um, you know, those are two really, really special moments, obviously, to get back to the Final Four in Florida. Um, and, you know, having my career high and down in my home state, you know, a lot of my family came up from that game um and you know that game I was 27 points away from from 1,000 points and uh came out of that game with 30 so um yeah to score my thousand point in front of my family back in my home state um was also pretty special as well so it's a toss-up between those two games um can't really decide but both 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 of those games hold hold a dear special place in my heart Mm -hmm. fair enough um, and then last thing, I mean, I saw you guys, a bunch of you guys went back to Butler, uh, like last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know what, I didn't know what that whole, um, event was. Was it, uh, just Shelvin going into the hall of fame or was it? Well, no. So both the 2010 and 2011 teams got in, inducted into the hall of fame. So, um, both of those teams got inducted and Brad got inducted himself. Um, so those three, on the bat on the men's basketball side, um, were the three honors that we we were we were able to have. And what was it? I mean, what what are those relationships like? I mean, I can tell you're kind of you're close with guys like Willie, and and I mean, you can go down the list. But what are those relationships like? And how special was it to come back and be around each other again? Uh, well, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. Um, I was on the road recruiting, uh, so. I, you know, I'm really, really bummed I didn't get to be there, but, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, I still talk to, to this day, um, Ron, Matt, uh, Sean, Shelvin, Eric, um, who, Eric, who's actually getting married later this month. Um, you know, a lot of those guys, I still have great relationships with and still talk with, um, you know, I got kind of jealous, you know, I saw a lot of pictures being posted and I was, you know, I definitely wished I could be there, but, um, you know, they all understood, of course. And, um, you know, I know it would have been a great time to see all those guys. Uh, you know, I do tend to make, I do make trips back to Indy, you know, once a summer. And, you know, I see a lot of those guys um, like Matt. Um, uh, who else? Rose, I mean, he's not on that team, but, you know, another guy who, who, I, come, who I go and visit, you know, a lot when I go back into Indy. So, those, you know, those guys are, you know, we we still hold, you know, really, really great relationships to this day. My fault. I thought – I don't know why I thought you were there. I thought I saw you in one of the pictures, and I don't know. <laughs> I messed up. But, yeah, um, like I said, I'm going to have to wrap this thing up. But thank you so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and taking the time to do this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
Yes, sir. Best of luck uh, going forward. Thank you.